Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Flurry, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes. <laughs> Bye-bye. Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. You rip it open, and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. Underhanded, unscrupulous, and unexpected. It's time for another summer of Big Brother. without a net coming to you from my personal studio won't be at dead lizard studios tonight but you've got the troubadour of talk the toxic shock blog talk and your host of the big brother 19 bb after show sam that is me welcome everybody and i've got to tell you ahead of time the reason why i'm home doing this show on such an exciting night and hopefully we're going to get to a lot of things you remember I told you guys, when the worst parts about things getting cold, getting the chill outside, and your kids going back to school, they must always catch a bug. So I am dealing with some sort of precautionary measure right now as my oldest, who is four, is dealing with a little bit of some lethargic attitude, which usually he's ramped up ready to go. He had a child in his class that got sick, and as soon as you hear that info, all parents out there know exactly where I'm coming from. You kind of just know it's coming, and you kind of hope that it's not going to be for a couple of days, but you can get them home and things just don't seem right. So if I am pulled out in an emergency, I will have to go, but if in the case that does happen, it may not happen. So, you know, and we've got a lot to talk about, so it may not happen, but if it does happen, I will have to go if by chance you do call. I may not ha- I may not be able to take calls if you're listening. Uh, we're going to save that for finale night, mainly because, you know, you get into talking, and if I do have to go in this situation, uh, it can be uh, very difficult to get off the phone when I'm trying to let you guys talk and interrupt you, and it just becomes really weird. So just keep an ear open. I'll let you know if I have to get off, um, and we will pick it back up maybe tomorrow night if that's the case. But until then, we have 
a lot of stuff gets going on. I mean, we saw a lot of action. How about this jury house? I, I got to be honest with you guys. Best jury house ever. How great was that? I mean, hilarious. I mean, Elena did nothing all season, but she made up in spades in that jury house. I mean, the way that she kind of comes direct at Raven and she kind of comes direct at Matt and kind of spills the obvious is great. Cody's sitting there like I try to tell you guys. Like I, you know, and, and let's, let's say what we need to say. I mean, Cody did an awful job of telling people. But, I, you know, a lot of reason why people want to vote, and we talked about America's Favorite Player, but a lot of reasons that people wanted to, to give him America's Favorite Player was because just for the fact that some of you guys are messing with the rest of the house guests. You're messing with Alex, and you're messing with Coach, uh, uh, um, Paul, and you're messing with, you know, everybody else that kind of kind of was maybe cruel to Cody in a lot of ways. You kind of, in a way, this is a troll from the fan base back at Paul and Alex and that group and Josh. Um, but I think some of it is just that, you know, a lot of people appreciate the fact that he did see right through Paul. Um, we all agree he did a bad job of it, but he kind of got in a bad situation with the first week of HOH. Uh, where he had to nominate literally almost half the house. It's a bad situation for Cody. But it was it was kind of funny to see him in there and be frustrated just like we are. I mean, you know, Cody kind of expressed everything that we – I don't want to say we, but as a fan base, I think the majority of people have felt, which is disappointment and, and very much a lot of letdown uh, from the players. And, and so – you know, you kind of read that on his face. I think a lot of people who watch the show kind of have that face on a on a weekly basis. He kind of tried to tell people in his own way that this was going to happen, and the inevitable has happened, and it's kind of like you guys just never wised up. You never wised up. From the time I left, you never figured it out. You know, we, we – and, and I think a lot of people will vote for that, but we see these people as they come in, and I, like I said, I just loved this jury house. Mainly because, you know, I've talked to you guys about this season's not about cheering for somebody to win, which is a very, very opposite angle from usual seasons that we have, where there's somebody that everybody particularly likes, majority does like, like a Derek or, you know, you know, a Dan or an Ian or whoever. And, you know, you kind of go through, I really like this player, and not everybody agrees, but the majority of people feel the same way. And I, I feel like that this is a season where it kind of flip-flopped a lot. I mean, it kind of did it at 180. There was a lot of people that were really on Paul's side and then a lot of people that kind of turned on him. Uh, because I think Paul, you know, whether or not you guys want to admit it, I think Paul was a huge favorite going in. I think a lot of people were upset that a vet was returning. But a lot of people were excited to see Paul back. They liked him from the season last year. And to see him return I think was exciting for some people that felt like he got a raw deal. And that quickly went 180 as the season progressed because a lot of people feel like Paul ruined the season, which I disagree with. I don't think it's Paul's fault the season was ruined. <clears throat> but, you know, we see <laughs> all these people coming in and, you know, uh, Matt, I mean, you know, what can you even say? I mean, I've got notes here. I mean, Matt just does not get it. I mean, the fact that Paul pulled so much wool on people and sold the friendship thing. And I told you guys, the friendship is bull. It's all fake. It's not real. You know, I mean, I know people bought into it last year and were tweeting it and all that, and that's fine. I mean, it's all fun. I mean, I'm not I'm not bashing you for it. But the reality is is that we're seeing now the truth of the matter, which is friendship is not real in the Big Brother house, and it's not real with Paul. It wasn't real last year when Paul was willing to let Victor be slaughtered like a lamb 
and go out the first time when the veto was used, or when when the power veto was being played. Uh, he asked Paul to help him with that, and Paul said he would, and Paul completely let him go under. That's not friendship. And, you know, if you watched the season last year, I don't know that Paul had a lot of friendship other than when he needed somebody. And that's just my personal view. Now, that doesn't make him a bad player. I'm not bashing him. I think it makes him a good player. But, you know, people coming in buying into this friendship thing, it just – I think it's his downfall. It might have been his help last year. I think it's his downfall this year. And I'm going to explain that because if we are able to get through tonight – and we got a 50-50 shot, but if we're not able to get through tonight. But if we are, I'm going to tell you what I think people's votes will be at the end of the at, – uh, you know, at the, at the finale next Wednesday – I'm going to tell you how each person that's going to be in that finale can win it and what they should do to win it, in my opinion. And I think it's going to be really worth hanging in there for because I think it's good stuff. Uh, but, Paul, uh, but Paul just completely pulled the wool over Matt. And Matt, you know, he's just sitting there, and Elena's just giving him the, the complete point of the matter. And Matt finally kind of – I think it faded in. It faded in a little bit on Matt, and he finally kind of got it, but – it's just unbelievable. I mean, you know, I, we haven't even gotten to, to Raven yet, but Jason walks in. Jason's completely stupid and finds out the truth about Alex. You know, there was nothing to indicate that Alex knew anything about this. I mean, I know he feels like she did, but that was a little bit of her own fault by being so close to Paul and telling Jason things second-handedly. There was a lot of things that Alex had to relate to Jason about Paul or that Paul said this or Paul knows that this is good. do this and do that. Paul is on board. I mean, there's a lot of things that Alex left and, and Paul left Jason out on so that when it came down to this situation, I do believe that Jason had every right to think that Alex had something to do with it, but it doesn't make any sense at that moment. Um, and I think that that proves, again, that we're dealing with a lot of people who don't have a lot of game depth, what I call game perception depth. And I think Paul lacks a lot of game perception depth, and we're going to talk about that when we talk about what's going to happen in jury. Um, but Jason, you know, ends up finding the truth, and he overestimates Alex's uh, intelligence. Uh, and that's not a shot at her, but I think we can all kind of say that we've seen Alex play this game kind of, kind of in the dark. Um, I think she, I think with Alex, uh, there's a lot of ego in play with her, and I think there was a lot of I'm on the inside, I'm in the cool group, and I think she took that to a absolute point of no return, um, and. I think that, you know, her intelligence in this game, the game depth intelligence for her is not there. Uh, you know, good competitor. She won competitions. Um, she was on the right side of things. She was on the inside of a lot of things. But, you know, when it came down to it and Jason goes home, she continues to do the things that Paul wants her to do. Alex could have changed the complete part of this game. Now, does she survive it? I don't know. I just know that Alex could have changed the game just as much as Jess could have changed the game and chose not to do it. And that's a decision on her part. And a depth perception problem with this game is when you don't see the obvious in front of you and just keep doing what you were supposed to do to begin with when it didn't work out. You're sitting there watching Jason go home. It's obvious this is not working out for you, but you continue to do it because you know no better. And, you know, it's nice to see that Alex and Jason got that worked out because I do think that there's a genuine friendship there. Uh, despite what you think about Alex and despite what you think about Jason, I do think that there's a friendship that is deep there that will probably last a long time. It may even be like the Danielle-Jason guy friendship that, you know, just it's just going to be there for a long time. And 
and I think that it made them closer. I think it made them uh, close friends. Maybe two people that wouldn't have been friends on the outside. They have different personalities. Um, but, you know, still, it's nice to see that they were able to kind of heal. And Jason was able to heal those wounds. But Jason coming out of that situation and being angry is baffling. I mean, you know, I tell you guys, how, you know, how long were these people really going to sit there thinking that six of them can sit in the final chair and split six, you know, split, you know, $500,000 six ways and everybody's happy and nobody had to hurt each other's feelings? You know, I would, you can't blame that on Paul. That's just something that's adopted by these people. You know, this is a very frustrating season where team was used a lot. Team was used a lot. We saw Dominique say, my team turned on me. They did a 180. They betrayed me. My team betrayed me. This is a game that doesn't have a team. Uh, and at any moment, you could be on the outside looking in. It's a game that moves, can move very, very quickly. And when people are sitting there thinking that they're on a team or they're they're part of an alliance that is going to go all the way to the end. You have to start thinking about those things mid-season, especially when you have a very long alliance, and you're seeing other people from that alliance begin to crack and go home. You have to start reevaluating your situation. So Jason being in that situation and being kind of dumbfounded was surprising. Um, I thought Elena was great. I, like I said before, I think she absolutely sold jury so well. I mean, her face, and, and we see Raven come in, and Raven being as delusional as she's always been, talking about how she was pulling strings and her and Matt were her puppet master. I mean, you know, it's it's barely worth discussion because you're sitting in a situation listening to two people are really her, and I don't know that Matt really truly agreed with her. And, you know, she's just going on and on and on, and we see these lies go beyond the house now where she has no problem lying beyond the game now. We're, we're outside of this. There's just no benefit to keep lying you know, everybody lies in this game. It's part of it. But to continue to lie the way that she was lying about this was a bit disturbing. And our friend Renee said that she thinks she needs some psychotic help. Maybe she does. I'm not really sure. But there is definitely something going on when you have to lie that badly outside the house. I mean, just delusional. To think that her alliance with Paul was the one that mattered and nobody else's did. I love how Mark said, then why are you sitting here? Because it's, it's, it's almost like you've got to shake them loose. And it makes you wonder where Matt's vote's going to go at the end of this. It's almost kind of scary to think, well, not really scary, because I think Paul does deserve some votes here. But, you know, it's kind of interesting to think, will Paul get the votes from a guy like Matt, who probably was, who was very, very quiet in these discussions as Raven's defending her case, and I think he's pretty much realistic enough to hopefully know that they were not puppet masters and not involved in that, especially as Raven's walking through the door. But it kind of took Mark, Elena, and Cody to kind of get them to look stupid enough to realize what was going on. So I thought this was a great jury. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. It was one of the more entertaining ones. Uh, you know, usually we see them come out and they just, you know, it's kind of boring and nobody wants to really say anything about anybody else. They watch the eviction and they watch the tape and they kind of like, oh, that, how did, you know, oh, man, that sucks for you. But, I mean, it was really brutally honest. And, you know, we told you, I, I told you guys, and a lot of you guys agree, that you're dealing with a very, very bitter jury right now. I think that that's going to be the truth. I know people have said, hey, but so-and-so said that they were going to vote for Paul regardless. Don't be so sure. We're going to talk about these votes if we make it through tonight and if we don't tomorrow. But the fact of the matter is, is that do not count these votes so early. 
And I'm going to tell you guys, uh, after we kind of discuss what we feel about the last couple of evictions here, which were so exciting, we're going to talk about where Paul's issues are and the, and the weakness of his game is as he comes down to the end. Played a fantastic game. Um, but there's a lot to talk about because this thing is not sewed up, and I think a lot of it's going to depend on who's sitting next to him. Um, we saw Christmas win HOH. She nominates Kevin and Alex. Paul wins veto, decides not to use it. We saw Alex go home last week. Um, <clears throat> I think Alex was extremely cocky this season. I mean, you know, you you almost believe that she was in control the whole time by the way that she talks. And really, she didn't. You know, you guys remember, you know, her first HOH, we really thought she was going to shake it up. We thought this is going to be, I mean, I was talking about it, this is going to be a true shake-up. Alex is not going to take any guff. She's here to play. She's here to win. Expect this game to flip, and it didn't happen. And the more things went, the more this ride-or-die situation with Jason she had, the more she really put a wedge in that relationship because of her situation with Paul. I think it was always in Alex's mind that eventually Jason would go and she would be in the final two. Maybe they would go to the final four. But don't make a mistake about it. I said this before, and I stick by it. Alex would have totally cut Jason if she had the chance towards the final, uh, final four. I believe that. Um, but I think that the problem was is that she knew when Jason went and when she went up on the block, she knew that her, she knew that her opportunity was going to be bad. And you can fake cry, you can do all these things, but there is a plan that was laid out that has been perfectly executed from day one. And Alex was oblivious to being caught up in the blender. I, I told you guys, you know, Alex reminded me of a sheep at a dinner table with wolves discussing what's for dinner tonight. You're just not, you just don't realize you're what's for dinner. And she's just talking it up. So it eventually got her. She had opportunities to make moves. She had opportunities to be, um, she had opportunities to make moves. And the last big move she had an opportunity to make, the one that she didn't make at the at the last HOH she had was her grave, I think. Um in the double eviction, uh, she put up jo- uh, Josh and Christmas. If she'd have put up Josh and Christmas, we might have had a completely different situation right now. Because if she does that, one of those two people that's in this final right now are not there. Because one of them would have gone home. Uh, and probably Christmas, being that Paul wants to take Josh to the final two. Um, so I think it probably would have been Christmas, but Christmas would not be there right now. And it's very possible that... Alex may be there right now. So that one mistake for her kind of did it. If she'd have gone into the double eviction, put up Christmas and Josh or Paul, you know, this ending here may write itself very, very differently, and we may be looking at a situation where we're very uncertain of who actually comes out of this thing on top. But she continued to do what Paul told her to do, and it was really her downfall, and it only cemented her issue uh, with being able to survive in this house. If she would have truly listened to Jason, now you know Jason was getting getting Kevin in his ear, telling him a lot of things, um, telling him kind of the way that things really were. And at times Jason would listen, um, and at times Jason was talked out of listening. But there were times that Jason did sincerely listen to Kevin, and he would feed those things kind of back through Alex in a funnel, and say, you know, I don't know that we can trust Paul very far. How far? We, and and Alex would continue to shut him down. Alex would continue to basically say, hey, don't talk too loud. Don't say those things. 
and it's really what her part of her serious demise was in this season. And I don't think that that's anything that is is argumentative. I, I think that is completely accurate. I think that had she listened to Jason and said, you know what, there's going to be a point where me and you're going to have to really ride this out, and we're going to have to make moves, and it's going to be a, a it's going to be a hail mary all or nothing move that we're going to have to make. And I need to know that you're with me. And Jason would have ridden with her the whole way. That's the sad part. Jason would have been the more loyal to her than Paul. She made a really bad decision making that choice. They all have, for the most part. Um, they could have secured that final four spot. And it's just a situation where I think there's very, very bitter pills now. And I think Alex is especially a victim of overconfidence, bad timing, um, and her inability to think for herself. If Jason was so much of her ride and die, she would not have dismissed the things that he said. Some very, very valid points that he brought up to her, she dismissed them. And Jason probably could have saved their game if Alex was more up for listening to that and waking up out of the fog, but she didn't, and it is the demise of both of them. And Alex is exactly where she deserves to be in the jury house. I just don't see that Alex was going to be somebody that Paul could have taken to the end. I think he's right. I think Paul uh, recognized that Alex could have been very, very hurtful for him. Uh, I think the bit I, – I don't think – when we talk about depth perception of the game, a lot of that comes to jury. Um, and I think that Paul has made a lot of mistakes selling the jury. I think he's made a lot of mistakes getting the jury – I think he's misread exactly what he needs to do. He did it last year. He's done it again this year, where he thinks that by not being honest with people, it's kind of like you, 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 you've, you've manipulated so long that you just think you can continue to man- manipulate when the fog's lifted. When these people walk out of the house, somewhat the fog is lifted, with the exception of Raven. Somewhat the fog gets lifted. I mean, people begin to think kind of rationally, and they begin to say, well, and I told you guys, when they, get in the, when they get in the jury house, this is not going to change. Don't believe everything until they're actually in that house talking for a couple of weeks. I mean, it changes a lot of things. And when they have to sit down and start talking about who's going to win, a lot of things are going to come out. And we're in a situation where Alex probably would have seriously hurt Paul. They would have probably seen – if there's a bitter jury, they would have seen reason to give it to Alex. May not have liked it, but they would have seen a reason to give it to Alex. Well, she did win some things, and without her, Paul probably wouldn't be here. But Alex could have done that exact same thing had she have reversed it, put up Paul, and got him sent home. I've told you guys all season long, and we're going to talk about somebody, and I already kind of leaked it. I think that if Josh wins his final HOH, and I'm probably jumping ahead of myself, but I really think if Josh wins his final HOH, he will send Paul home. I do not think he's taking Paul to the end. I think he will take Christmas, thinking that he's got a better shot with Christmas than he does Paul. I, I think he's got a point. I think he can – I don't know, because, you know, you just don't know what this jury's going to do. Um, but I do believe that if Josh gets in that final HOH and he wins it, I think he's going to try to. I think if he can beat Paul in the final three, he's going to send Paul home. That is my prediction. Um, whether he took Christmas or Kevin or whoever it was, I had an inkling that maybe Kevin might be a guy that Paul would want to take. I mean, if you think about it, if he could send, um, if he could have sent K- 
Kevin home or Christmas home. I kind of would have thought that Christmas would have been his choice to send just because she does have an extremely strong social game that she's going to play on. She played with a handicap, which she's going to be able to sell to jury. So in my mind, I kind of thought that POV might be used and Christmas may go up and he just tells Josh we got to send her home. Um, and Josh probably would have done it and would have been in Josh's best interest to do that as well and take Kevin to the end because I think either one of them really do beat Kevin pretty easily. I mean, Kevin makes a really tough argument to say this is why I deserve to win. It's a really hard sell. So I kind of had an inkling that Kevin might be the guy that they, they kind of double-crossed Christmas, and we saw another blind side this week, and Christmas goes home. But we didn't get to see that. Uh, as you guys know, the final HOH goes to Paul. And uh, Paul wins that HOH um, and wins the POV, doesn't use it. And we see Kevin go home tonight uh, in the eviction. Um, but Josh is somebody who continues to be the guy that everyone pretty much would have taken. Josh was in the best seat for a lot of this game. Uh, and, you know, at first I didn't really understand why Josh would be somebody that, that would be taken. But I get it a lot now. I mean, we've seen over the last – and I, I mean that by like maybe a month and a half ago. But we've seen over time and time again, basically Paul completely let, let Josh take all the heat. He allows Josh to be the bad guy in every situation. He allows Josh to get his hands dirty. He allow, you know he sicks this pit bull in Josh on everybody he doesn't want to be in competition with him. And it becomes a situation where Josh is basically his guard dog. And we see Josh doing a lot of dirty work. Um, and so I see now that basically Paul has in his mind, genu genu geniusly, geniusly, I don't know. I don't know what the word would be. Genius, he's been very smart. <laughs> he's been very smart and setting up Josh to be this fall guy for everything bad that's happened. The problem is, is that Josh has been very, very intelligent about his goodbye messages. He's basically spilled a lot of the truth on goodbye messages. He's basically said, you know, look, you know, you had to go, you know, and, and I love what he told Kevin at the end, look, me and, you know, Paul and Christmas were in a final three alliance. You were the next victim. It was already preplanned. Brilliant on his part. So Josh is not stupid. As much as I've taken shots at Josh, Josh is not dumb in this game. Um, and he has said already that he knows that he has to take a, a shot at Paul at some point. I don't know that he could have done it during his HOH. A lot of people were disappointed with that, but I, I just don't – I think it would have been too soon. I think Christmas would have turned on him. I think it would have been a bad situation. I mean, he, he might have been able to save Alex and say, you know, look, you know, send Kevin home and then basically work with Alex, but Alex would not have been able to comp – well, I guess she would have been able to compete, but it just would have been a situation where he could have maybe flipped it on with Alex, but, man, it, it would have been – it would have been a rough situation for him. Actually, I think he wouldn't have been able to compete for HOH, so she would have been kind of on her own uh, against the two of Christmas and Paul. And – would have been. I don't know that it would have been the right time for for Josh to do that. I think Josh was right, maybe to hold off and and say, look, in the final HOH, I have to win. Hopefully, that's his thought. Hopefully, his thought is, I've got to win this final HOH and get Paul out. 
Um, I think it's one of the only ways that he secures the $500,000 for himself. I told you guys, the biggest play of the season will be whoever sends Paul home, and the jury's going to see it just like that. Uh, we said that a while ago, and I stick to it. I think the jury will appreciate anybody who actually sends Paul out um, and says, hey, this is the biggest move of the game. Uh, this is who... Uh, this is this is who we need to vote for because they made the biggest move of, of the entire season. So Josh can still put himself in that position, but he's definitely been set up to be the bad guy. But I think it helps him, and I'm going to talk about that when we get back to the end of the show when we're talking about where we think this will go in the votes uh, on jury. <clears throat> so I think that uh, he could have made some moves. I think it was best to do what he's doing, maybe setting it up to, to go to the last HOH. Um, but it's it's one of those things where I think that and I'll, I'll go ahead and say because it, it fits perfectly here. I think that Josh needs to just state, I'm the one that was honest with y'all. There are moments that I smash pots in your face to throw you off your game. There are times I said some pretty hateful stuff to you, and for that I apologize. It was game. I hope you get to know me outside the house, and I hope you allow me to redeem who I am to you. We met in a game that was a very – Fury, a very vicious game, a very um, aggressive game for a half a million dollars. And I hope you understand that people's best personality don't, they just doesn't come out in that situation. But the one thing I'll tell you that I didn't do is I didn't stab you in the back. I didn't lie to your face. If I did, I told you I did it. If I did, I apologized for it in the moment that it mattered. When I knew you guys were Going outside the house, I made efforts to apologize to you or to give you a message to let you know that it just had to be done and I didn't want to do it. On the other hand, the guy sitting next to me lied every time it came down to it. He ran away from every situation. He never said, hey, look, I'm the real person responsible for any of this. But yet he wants to sit there today and take responsibility for it all. Yet he lied to every one of you all when it didn't matter. Why lie to you when it doesn't matter, when you're already outside the house, when you're already being evicted? Why continue to lie to you? Why give you these messages about how, you know, and of course he doesn't know that, but why continue to act like you're innocent? He was never innocent in any of it, but he thinks that you're, he thinks that you're manipulative, which all of us were, but he thinks that you're manipulative to the point where you will actually hand him a $500,000 for basically manipulating you and brainwashing you instead of somebody who was at least honest with you every opportunity. If you didn't like you, you knew I didn't like you, if we had odds in the house, a lot of us pa- patched them up. Mark, I know me and you patched a lot of things up. And I hope you know that I was always straightforward in this house. And I think that's an angle that Josh really does need to take because it's not going to take much to kind of convince the jury that maybe Paul's not the guy who won by the best by the best strategic play as far as playing you all for fools and continue to think you're fools as you go into jury. Paul should have really thought that everybody was going to talk in jury and that everybody was going to go ahead and reveal everything, and he might as well just be the guy that goes ahead and does it. Guys, hang on a second. got to go to commercial. When I come back, and I can't take calls. I know somebody's on the line. I can't take calls. i got a sick kid, and I may have to jump off the line soon. So if you're on hold to get on, we're going to have to save it for next Wednesday, unfortunately, um, because of everything going on. But, guys, hang on one second. got to go to commercial. When I come back, we're going to talk a little bit about where we think everybody stands from here and where we think votes will be going after eviction. Hang on, folks. You're listening to the Big Brother After Show. If you get in an accident, your car or truck got hit. If you get in an accident... 
your car or a truck got hit, just do it, do it, do it, do it. Call us now, don't be lame. Call us now for one one pain. Right now, don't be lame. One eight hundred for one one pain. My neck, my back, my car just got smacked. My neck, my back, my windshield just got cracked. Call from home, hospital, or accident scene. Remember, after nine one one, call four one one. My windshield just got cracked. 1-800-411-PAIN is a lawyer referral service and non-attorney spokesperson. It may not mean nothing to y'all, but understand nothing was done for me. So I don't plan on stopping at all. I want this shit forever, mine, ever, mine, ever, mine. Shutting shit down in the mall. And selling that girl, she the one for me. And I ain't even planning to call. I want this shit forever, mine, ever, mine, ever, mine. Last name ever, first name greatest. Like a sprained ankle, boy, ain't nothing to play with. Started off local, but thanks to all the haters, I know G4 pilots on a first name basis. In your city, faded off the ground. Nino, she insists she got more class. We know, swimming in the money, come and find me, Nemo, if I was at the club, you know I ball, chemo, dropped a mixtape, that shit sounded like an album, who'd have thought a countrywide tour be the outcome, labels want my name beside an ex like Malcolm, everybody got a deal, I did it without one, yeah, nigga, I'm about my business. Alright, we're back, I just want to let, I've got somebody on hold. On uh, the 404, I hate to tell you, man, I cannot take a call right now uh, in case you missed earlier. Uh, you're more than welcome to stay on and listen, but uh, I told you guys earlier, I'm dealing with a sick kid, so I'm trying to um, I'm trying to get in and out of here as quick as I can so I can take care of that situation. So I apologize if I can't uh, take your call. I will be able to take them next week, uh, next Wednesday at the finale. So if you're 404, sorry, I, I will get you next week. Um, continuing on real quick. In fact, I had to go to commercial to kind of check on my child, make sure he's not sick. He's not looking too good, but I think we may hang in there for a couple of more minutes and be able to last. Um, let's see. When we're talking about uh, kind of like the end of this game, and sorry if I'm throwing off a little bit with the sick kid. You kind of have things in your mind. But uh, right now, with everything that's going on, we're talking kind of at the end game now. Uh, at the end game, I, like I said to you guys before commercial break, I really think that Paul should have been a lot more upfront and a lot more honest with people uh, about his situation in the house, what his goal was, what he was setting out to do. And you know, look, I did this. You know, we saw, we we see a lot of guys do that. Uh, Dan's really good about just kind of letting you know, I'm the one that tricked you, I'm the one that got you. Uh, Will is great about doing that, and I do think it's very, very, very beneficial to go ahead and do that and let people know. I'm the one that did this to you. I'm a better game player. I deserve your vote. I think a lot of what Paul's mistake has been uh, has been the whole friendship thing, and we talked about this last week. You know, look, you can over-friendship this situation, and it's a facade. 
but you can over-friendship the situation to the point where everybody believes what you're telling them is completely true. You're best friends. You're never going to leave their side. You'll die together. Uh, one day when you're old, you'll be in the same nursing home, nursing, you know, you know, laying in the bed next to each other, and everything's going to be fine. The problem is that you do that with eight people, and you end up in a situation where you've got a lot of people mad at you. And <clears throat> as we said, this is going to create a really bad jury for him. And I think he could have repaired that by being extremely frank and extremely honest, maybe on the day of eviction. You know, he tried to play this whole, I'm an innocent guy, I didn't know what was going on. And I think it's going to be really hard to play both sides when he's sitting in that final chair. I don't think you can play both sides and say, hey, look, there's a lot of things I didn't know in the game as it's happening. And then when you get out, say, I knew everything, which I think is what Paul's really going to try to do. And I think it's just going to be unbelievable to a lot of jurors at this point as things begin to escalate with the anger for Paul. And I think it's going to be a really hard sell for him. And I think he's going to get hit pretty hard on questions other than Raven. (laughs) I think she still thinks that they're in alliance together. But I think the friendship thing really hurt him. It helped him last year. It hurt him this year. He became friends with too many people too quickly. He sold it so so well on people and manipulated people great. But I think that there's that end game, and that end game comes with the jury, that if I get to the jury, I've got to find a way for them to realize I'm the guy to vote for. And I think he's done a very, very poor job of doing that by completely trying to continue this whitewash of friendship as people are leaving the house and goodbye messages on eviction day, on nominations, on POV. Now, he was honest with Alex because I think he respected Alex. But, but again, Tonight, we see Kevin go home, and what's his goodbye message? His goodbye message is like, oh, man, if you're sitting there, I just – that, that, that works until people get in a jury. And we've already seen that when we saw the jury house tonight. It works up until a certain point, and then it just doesn't happen for you anymore. It, you can't sell that. And then right after that, here comes Josh being completely honest about the situation. Look, this was the plan to send you home. You know, we had a final three deal. I think these are the things that if Josh goes to the end, it actually helps him tremendously is to say, look, I'm the guy that did all the dirty work and looked you in the eye. I was the one that, although I may have driven you crazy, pissed you off, made you angry, threw you off your game, I'm the guy that was always there being in the limelight of that situation. I was always willing to take full blame for everything I did to you guys. Paul was never willing to do that, and Paul wanted me to do it for him, and he was willing to put me in front of him to take a complete blame so that you guys would be manipulated into voting for him tonight. Either he's right or I'm right. I don't think you're that dumb, although we do. But, hey, you want to win half a million dollars, and you say it. And the truth of the matter is, we listen, we already know when it comes down to these questions. We already know what's coming. We already know what's coming. The question that will be posed to Josh is going to be, what did you do to win this game? Like, what was a move you did on your own to win this game? And I think that if Josh has watched Big Brother as much as maybe he claims he has, Josh needs to realize that this is a question that's coming, and it's going to be a hot question. And he needs to sit down and think about every possible answer that's going to make sense. Um, I think 
for Josh, I think, first off, I think he needs to go ahead and apologize for his behavior. If he's in that final two chair, which it looks like is going to be the kind of situation, that's what Paul wants to do. Now, I think that Josh ends up in that final chair either way. I think even if I think even if he wins this HOH, he's in the final chair. If Paul wins this HOH, he's in the final he's in the final chair next to Paul. Christmas, I think I do think Christmas is on the outside looking in. And I and I you know look, what do you do with that final HOH? Do you make it do you make it to a situation where she can do it? We know one's a physical comp. She will have two other opportunities. I hope they don't change it for her. I don't think that they will. She's just going to have to throw the competitive comp but we're going to find out whether or not it's something that actually she can do with her foot or make sure it's not anything that she gets a benefit from by having the, the foot. And there are, I'm sure, certain games that would benefit her with the cast on. Um, but I think that she's going to be kind of on the outside looking in. Maybe not. We know for sure she's going to take Paul. So the only scenario I see where Josh is not going is if Christmas wins, final HOH. I think she does take Paul. I think that Christmas, we've said this, I think she's got some feelings for Paul. That's my personal assessment of where she is right now. Um, and I think that she fully believes that her and Paul will go to the end. And I think she's okay with Paul winning, which is even more just odd. I mean, we've seen that with Cody when Derek went. But it's been a very, very, very tough sell to believe that it's the smartest thing to take Paul. But maybe it, maybe it is. We see this bitter jury. Maybe Christmas does turn it out. So we're going to talk about the two most likely scenarios, being that Josh is there. And that's why I'm bringing him up so much. Um, but I think that, you know, he's got to apologize for his behavior. He's got to say, look, this is how things are in the Big Brother house. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say Paul made me do anything or Paul made me do that. You just say, look, you know, there are times I had to throw you guys off your game. You scared me. You're a good game player. Cody, you're a great game player, I think. Say what you have to do. It's always good to stroke egos. But, you know, look, you guys were people that I was really afraid of. Mark, you were starting to start winning competitions. I was very scared of you. I had to do things to throw you off your game. And I did get my hands dirty, and I – and we did make amends on that level with me and Mark. Uh, I know I did things to Kevin to make him upset. And I, and I do want to apologize for that, even outside the house. If you don't vote for me, that's fine. I, I just want to say that I'm sorry that I've, I've, I've hurt anybody in this house. But I knew what I was getting into, and I knew that I had to remain loyal to Paul to get into that final two. The difference between me and you guys is that not that we weren't manipulated, because all of us were, but I was the one out of everybody that earned his trust the most, which is why I'm here. True or not doesn't matter. It just matters that he sells to the jury that that was the difference between me and you. I was able to sell my trust to Paul. Paul took it. That's why I'm here, which makes me different from you guys. Now, on the other end of it, like I told you guys before, you got to sell that you were completely honest in this game, that maybe I did some things that you didn't like, maybe I betrayed you know, you by treating you badly, maybe we were friends one day and the next day, maybe I was slamming pots in your face. I get all that. But when you guys were evicted by my hand, it was by my hand, and I apologized. When you guys were going out and I gave you my farewell messages, I was honest in those. I didn't run, I didn't hide, I didn't blame it on somebody else, I didn't behind, hide behind anybody else. I stood up, I took the heat, I got a lot of you guys evicted. Some of you guys are sitting there because I evicted you. But I knew, and I told you guys, when I evicted you, 
that I could not beat you in the end. And I believe that. So this is where I come out different than you guys. He also needs to sell the one thing that made you guys turn on Paul 180, which is the advantage of the safety. Now, a lot of people feel like that's not a fair thing to go after because it's not Paul's fault, but it doesn't matter. If Paul doesn't get friendship bracelets to give to, what, eight people? Eight people, I believe it was. Unbelievable. If you look at the people he gave those bracelets to to save that first day versus how many of those people were were aligned with him and gave him loyalty, you would be probably not shocked at all to find out that there is a cross-reference that is very, very positive in Paul's favor. He was able to work the eight bracelets to get him a ready-made alliance that trusted him because he saved them. Okay? And that's something that Josh needs to sell. He got a week of safety when he came in. He got the first night of safety. He was able to get eight of us on his team without any work of his own. It was completely given to him. And then he goes into the temptation and gets another three weeks. Paul had four weeks, really four evictions of safety that none of us got, and yet he is sitting here, and and you guys are not. Now, I didn't get that advantage, and you guys didn't get that advantage, and maybe that's a credit to him for being able to survive that and continue to not be a target, which is something Paul's going to sell. But do you want to give somebody $500,000 that had to stay in the house every week, fight, make a mistake, correct it, do dirty work, get blood on their hands, win HOHs, win POVs, uh, be responsible for actually sending people home in this game by voting solely by themselves in some cases, not using the POV solely by themselves in some cases to seal some of your fate. Do you want to vote for me in that situation, or do you want to vote for somebody who had all these benefits coming in? I think it's a case he has to make because obviously – you know, <laughs> if you're in that situation and you're Josh, you don't really truly have a great move to pull out of your pocket. Anything you're going to say, the problem with this jury is that anything that you try to sell them was your idea, they already know was not your idea because they were all in on it. They already knew it wasn't your idea. They were there when Paul told you to slap pots and pans in people's faces. They were there when he told you to attack somebody. They were there when he told you to vote a certain way. But – at every point that Paul, that Josh was responsible for his own actions, he did take responsibility for those actions. And at times you could see that it broke him emotionally because maybe he did feel bad about that stuff, but he knew that it was something that he had to do to stay alive. He's got to the safety situation on them. He's got to save it, and he's got to sell to the jury. You don't – you're not – you know, look, I'm unique in the situation that I was able to do things that earned Paul's trust to get me here – I did things to get a lot of you guys evicted, but the truth of the matter is, is that you all want to be in my seat. You all wanted to be where I am. You all thought you were going to be where I am. And I don't want you to, to let that get in the way of voting for the right person who played this game honestly, even if you didn't like it, versus somebody who played it very dishonestly and had every part in selling you guys short and manipulating you and backstabbing you. So his best friend in this situation is the safety. <clears throat> Sorry, I got choked up a little bit there. So I think Josh's only case is really that move. Sell your honesty, sell your truth, 
and sell the safety that Paul had, sell the dishonesty of Paul, sell the sneakiness of Paul. Maybe that would be a credit to Paul, but with this jury, I think you've got to play on it being bitter. And I think by throwing Paul under the bus where you can, by making him look like the worst person on the planet, the more it's going to help. So Josh stands a chance. It depends on how Paul handles this uh, at, the last, at the last second. Um, Christmas has a chance to do this if she is able to pull, uh, you know, she's got to win them all. She's got to win the first and the last or the last and the second, or the second and the third parts. That's the only way Christmas makes it to the end of this thing. And Christmas makes a great, really a great case for herself. And the likelihood that she'll be up against Paul or Josh, it sells the same, is that she came into this game, she was a physical comfort, uh, comp threat, uh, and something that maybe Cody could appreciate that she was going to be a very big comp player. But it was taken away from her. Her strongest point of her game, strongest part of her game, was taken from her. And a mistake that her and Jason, well, really she made. I do blame her for that. Jason dropped her, but she jumped on Jason's back. She didn't have to do that. But a mistake that was made that caused her to not physically be able to compete in the competitions from this point forward that were endurance comps. So here she is, completely gimped, completely handicapped in the game, and had to rely on something that she never thought she'd have to rely on, which is her social game. And I think she has to sell to the jury that, you know what, maybe some of you are mad at me, but I can guarantee you that I had every part of doing what happened with Paul. But the fact is that you're not mad at me as bad as Paul because I treated you better. I was in your rooms when you were crying. I was rubbing your backs. I was telling you not to worry about it. I was giving you advice. I was telling you the best way to handle it. I was that person for much of the game that you felt like you could rely on on certain moments, that you felt like you could trust in certain situations. Socially, I sold you my game on a silver platter. I don't think that there are many people who can play this game and be in this final two who don't look at this situation and say she was handicapped. I was an easy target once I got hurt. Could have easily sent me home. How was I going to be able to compete in many many vetoes? How was I going to be able to win some HOHs? I mean, my ability to fight off the block would have been nil. It would have been very, very small compared to the rest of you. But yet, I'm right here in this seat playing, you know, finishing up for a half a million dollars. He had, again, four evictions of safety. He had the knowledge of playing this game before. He knew exactly what to expect, what to do, how to do it. And he did it perfectly. The only problem is, is that he wasn't handicapped in this game. He was benefited in this game. I was handicapped. My, my biggest asset, my strength, was taken away from me. Yet I'm sitting here in front of you guys asking you to vote for me for half a million dollars. I'm in the final two. And if she's there, more than likely, I think, probably 99% chance that she had to win that final HOH, which is an even bigger selling point. Despite all that, I'm able to win two parts of the HOH. I think the last part would be trivia and the second part. I can't remember the second. It must be puzzle because I know number one is endurance. And I'm a big proponent to say skip endurance. Skip endurance. Endurance is going to wear you out. It's going to tire you out. It's going to mentally fatigue you. It's going to physically fatigue you. 
win win the puzzle, win the trivia, win the HOH. Because if you sit out there underwater for 48 hours holding on to a key, you're going to be damn well tired by the time you get done. And if you have to go into that trivia part, your mind may not be there. You may be exhausted. So Christmas has every opportunity to win this final HOH, and if she does, that's a case for her to sell on top of everything else that when it mattered, she had to win it. <clears throat> now, Paul is a situation where we're probably going to see him in the final two. I don't think that there's any mystery there. And my advice to Paul is to calm down. When Paul is nervous, he talks too much. He gets jumpy, he talks fast, and he has to realize that's coming to an end and to control his breathing, control his thought, control his mouth. He has to go into this and speak slowly, clearly, directly. Because I think if he comes in jumping all over the place like we see Paul do, I think it hurts him. I think it makes everybody feel that annoyance that they had after he's evicted them and probably his attitude towards that. I mean, Paul has the right to fight for the win this season. I think he honestly, despite the four weeks, and, and I'll say this, despite the four weeks, and I, and I say this and you guys get very upset, but I think that there is a parallel between Paul and Derek, and I hear it now, you guys are ready to turn off the speakers, but they both played with easily manipulated casts. You can't look at Derek and say, well, Derek deserves all this credit for manipulating a task and never being put on the block and all these things that he was able to do with people, and not look at Paul and kind of give him a nod that way. Now, the argument is, is that Paul got four weeks of safety. That's true. That's very, very true. But despite that, that should have put a bigger tar- target on Paul. Now, I think the thing that benefited Paul the most was not the three weeks of safety necessarily. It was the friendship bracelets that allowed him to make a ready-made alliance for him the minute he kind of walked in. That's the point that is probably over the top. They should have just said he's safe for one week. But what they did is they allowed him to earn favor. And I've told you guys this over and over again. I know there are people that feel like when bets come in, they deserve safety. They always get safety, and that is absolutely true. They always do get safety, and that's, and that's fine to play that course. The problem is, is that bets don't need the safety. They might need the first week, sure. They might need the first week to be safe, and that's credible. But at the end of the day, if you look at the times that Betts have played in this game, Betts have done fairly well. I mean, Rachel wins 13. Uh, Dan finishes second in 14. Nicole wins, what was it, 18. Now we're looking at a point where Paul's going to be in the final two in 19. There is no need to give these bets an exorbitant amount of safety. It's just not necessary. The, tra- the, the history of this game does not show that vets need that type of protection. They come in. People are in awe of them. People are fans of them. Well, except for Cody. <laughs> Most people want to play with them. Listen, Will comes in the game. You want to be Chilltown 3.0. I think, two was it 2.0 when they had George join? <laughs> I think it was Chicken George. Seven's a great season, by the way. But... You have you have Will come back in the game and play, and and you go in the house with him. There's going to be a natural desire to be someone who is playing with Will, playing with Dan, you know, playing with that bet, 
because you want to be part of that crowd. You maybe have been watching the seasons over and over again. You've seen every season, and here comes your favorite player walking the door, your evil dick, your Dan, your Rachel, you know, your Brittany Hay. All these people walk in, and these these people who have never been in this situation, who are overwhelmed by cameras in their faces, who are overwhelmed by the size of this house, overwhelmed by every move that they do being under a microscope, which we do. So, you know, they're thinking about all of the hardships that they're going through in this game and how difficult it is to be in this house. And here comes a vet that they can line with and be part of a part of a situation here that is bigger than them, and they can rely on this vet, and this vet can help them through this. And it becomes a very parent-child relationship. And we see this. We see this with Dan. We saw it uh, not so much with Rachel, but we did see it with Dan, and, and not so much with Nicole, but we do see it with Paul. So it, there, there is a a big brother, big sister, you know, kind of attitude, father figure kind of, I know what I'm doing, follow me, I'll get you there. And we see this time and time again. And it continues to happen. So these vets don't really need the safety. Um, Paul has the safety, but let's not forget, there are opportunities for Paul to go home. Once the safety is over for Paul and the temptation, why is Paul still there? Because Paul has worked an incredible social game. He's worked an incredible alliance. How these people have never realized that there are alliances upon alliances that were going on is beyond me, but that's not Paul's fault. That's not Paul's fault that he got the cast that he got. It's not Derek's fault that Derek got the cast he got. And, I mean, you can say, you know, it's not fair and it's not true, but it is. I mean, Derek got the nice version of what Paul is now. Paul was aggressive. Paul, you know, was straight up telling everybody how to do it. Derek was a little bit better at manipulating in a peaceful, calm manner, which made people really like him and say, look, this guy never went on the block. Man, he's an amazing player, blah, blah, blah. And he is a great player. But, and I'm not saying that Paul's a great player. Tom will tell that. And the jury will tell that. But where do we not see some type of parallel between a game that Derek played in a way and a game that Paul has played in a way. They both manipulated They both ended up being the people at the end that everybody that was in the house with them was like, oh, man, I want you to win. I want you to win. Paul's very much in that situation right now. There's not a lot of difference when you cut out the logistics of the situation to see where they both ended up. However, I think that Derek's kinder way of doing it gave him a for sure win. Paul's aggressive way of doing it may hurt his win in the end. Because if we said one thing, it's that Paul lacks real true game depth. He doesn't understand that the game goes beyond the foot in front of him. He has misjudged the jury. He's misjudged a lot of things in this house that he was wrong about that just ended up kind of working out in his favor, right? Because he had a lot of people working on his side. But again, we see him misjudge the jury. It's the one thing that he hasn't really learned. The best thing for Paul to do is to be honest as I advise Josh to be. You have to sell everything he did to get people evicted, to earn their trust, to manipulate them. He's got to be straight up in a calm way, not in a million miles an hour way, where he goes and goes and goes and goes. But he's got to sell that he was bluntly the person that was responsible for every week of this house. And he has to explain in certain ways how he was responsible for most of those people going home, 
how he was able to get Josh to do the things that Josh did, how he was able to allow Josh to be the bad guy, to have the blood on his hands, how he allowed Alex to work the game for him to allow him to get further, how he had Josh manipulated into thinking that using Vito here was a smart move, going up on the block together as pawns was a smart move, the way that he got Christmas to use her veto power, how he got, you know, for a pointless reason, and how he was able to escape the jaws of Jessica and Cody. That's all point that he has to sell. Now, I'm going to tell you guys something else I think Paul needs to sell. I think that Paul needs to sell. See, I think that he's going to have some votes that are going to be built in. We know that. I think Raven votes for him. I think Matt votes for him. I think Kevin votes for him. Kevin didn't seem that bummed out, right? So I think Kevin votes for him. But at the end of the day, Paul has to sell Mark and Cody. And the way he's going to sell Mark and Cody is to sell himself in the way Mark and Cody understand, which is if you look at all of the wins and losses as far as um, – and I had them here. And when you know that they disappear, good Lord. But if you look at the wins and losses as far as HOHs and POVs, let me pull it up because I had it written down and wouldn't you damn know it. Thanks, Google Docs, right? Hang on there, guys, because when I read to you who won where and whatnot, all right, so when you look at HOHs, you would kind of think that maybe Alex and Josh dominate that situation. But Paul wins. Let's see, one, two... Three HOHs, including he wins three HOHs, including the final HOH, which is a big one. If he wins the last HOH to to secure himself in the final two, he he then wins four HOHs. His POV count, his veto winner count is one, two. It's pretty remarkable. Three, four, five POVs. Five POVs this season, Paul has won. So that puts him at three HOHs and five POVs. Christmas wins two HOHs, no POVs. Josh wins two HOHs, and sorry, I have to do this real quickly. One veto? So Paul has to sell his competition record to Cody, and he has to sell it to Mark, and he has to say, look, you know, I played this social game. I manipulated, you know, you guys to give me this and give me that. You guys all wanted me to take me to the final two despite the fact that I had safety, despite the fact that I could have gone home during Jessica's thing, despite everything else. I am here. And on top of that, I've won the most competitions and the most vetoes out of anybody in this game. More than Alex, more than Jason, 
more than Josh, certainly, and more than Christmas. Definitely more than Kevin. That ain't hard to sell. So he's got to sell his competition record to Cody and Mark. Now, I think that Cody and Mark are not going to vote for him. But if there's an inkling that they might, and Cody says, look, he played the best game. I don't care. I'm not giving it to Josh. Which, you know, we're we're not sure where this thing's going to end up. But it definitely is a point that is made by Paul to sell Cody. I think he needs to bring up his competition record. Say, look, everything I've done, sure, I, you know, I manipulated, I did this, and people did a lot of dirty work for me. I was able to talk them into doing it. But don't forget, nobody's won more HOHs or POVs in this house than I have, which means that I had to do that to get what I wanted in this game. I had to do that to get people to do what I wanted them to do. He needs to be honest. He needs to play on the jury's egos, talk about how, Alex, you were too strong. I couldn't be here with you. I, I knew I would lose. I had to get rid of you. I felt my chances were better with Josh. Christmas, I, I think your social game was too strong. I know I couldn't have beat you. Kevin, I felt like you were liked by everyone. I felt like this might be a bitter jury towards me because of the things that I had to do and the manipulations that I pulled. I felt like people would probably give it to you in a Jordan situation. I mean, these are all things that Paul can sell. Play on their egos. Play on his comp record towards Paul, towards Cody and Mark. I think Cody and Mark would lean towards who was the best competitor in the house. That was something that Cody was talking about when he came in. It was something that Cody wanted to basically base his game on. So if Paul can kind of relate to him in that way, Cody may flip himself a little bit and say, you know what, maybe Paul did play the best all-around game. Lastly, I think that Paul needs to leave friendship in the house. He does not need to bring it out in this jury. The moment he starts in on friendship, the moment he starts talking about friendship, the moment he even mentions it, it's going to bring back bad memories for everybody in that house. It's going to bring back bad memories for everybody in that jury, and it's going to just be sour. I hope that he can check himself. If he wants to win this game, I hope that he can check that friendship card and not even bring it up. I think it's a very, very poor thing. Uh, and I think I think he he made mistakes by not prepping the jury, and he is going to have to leave that friendship thing where it lays. I final votes that I see if it's Paul versus Josh, I see Paul seven, Josh two, Paul versus Christmas. I actually see Christmas going five and Paul went in four. I think that Christmas can make a make a play. I think there's going to be bitter in the jury. I think Christmas can probably talk it a little bit better out than Paul will be able to. Because I think Paul's going to be really nervous, and I think he's going to be over the top like a, a meth head that just did a hit of coke. I think he's just going to be out of control. So I think Christmas can probably sell it very calmly. So I see Christmas edging him out in that vote. Um, but I think if it's Christmas and Josh, I still think Christmas wins 6-3. to three. I think it's going to be hard for a lot of people to feel like Josh did a lot. And if Christmas is there, it's because she won the final HOH and didn't take Paul. Now, Josh might have won the final H and didn't take Paul. But I think that Christmas still sells it a little bit better than Josh does. Now, I could be completely wrong. My prediction is actually just that. I think Josh will win the final HOH, however he has to do it. I think he wins the final HOH and he sends Paul home. And Paul is in the jury. And it's going to be extremely bitter in that situation, uh, very uncomfortable when he walks out and has to sit with that jury. I think it's going to make the jury completely lighten up. 
And really, I could see a complete 50-50 coin flip between Josh and Christmas. Uh, I don't think you'll know who's going to win that one. But I do have a prediction that I think Josh wins the final HOH, knowing he has to do it, with everything he's talked about. Now I find the HOH records right in the middle of the paperwork. But anyway, right in the middle of notes, as soon as I scroll up, I see the records on the HOHs and POVs. (laughs) Um, But I think that, you know, that jury sees Paul come out, that jury lightens up a lot. And I think they're just going to give it to whoever. They don't even care at that point. They're all going to be so elated, I think, and so excited, except for Raven and Matt. But this is going to be a very, very interesting final HOH. As I said, Josh has got to win it. If he's got a chance to win, he's got to win it. I don't think it's a slam dunk for Paul. We see the bitterness in the jury. So it's going to come down to what happens in that jury house, and this is a great jury house. This is a time I really wish that we had the cameras in jury house. I'd love to know what they're talking about. I'd love to know what they're feeling. I'd love to know what the conversations are. Man, I bet they are great. And, you know, especially when Kevin comes through the door, you know, everybody's going to kind of know what the situation is. And, gosh, whoever comes down and sits in that jury, it's going to be a very interesting look that everybody gives because if it's Christmas, if it's Paul, it's going to be wild. So it's definitely going to be an interesting night, guys. Uh, listen, sorry, I know I had to get off quick because, like I said, i got a sick kid in, in, in the house that I've got to check on. And I didn't really touch on everything I wanted to do tonight, but I think we got the gist of it. We know where we're going with this final three now. Um, I think it would have been smart for Paul to take Kevin. I think Kevin is somebody he can absolutely win against 100%. Um, and I'm a little shocked that he did keep Christmas and stick to that final three. But I think that if Josh wins his final HOH, man, it, he's, he could get burned. And it's going to be, it's going to be, you know what, guys, it's going to be sad in some way because, in truth, Paul played the best way. He played better than anybody else. But the truth of the matter is, is that he really did not play the jury right, and he made some mistakes in this game. For all the right things he did, he did a few really major things that were wrong, uh, and it could really cost him in the end. So it's going to be an interesting finale. Right, listen, Wednesday night, we go live, 11 o'clock. We're going to talk finale. We are going to open the phone lines. I am praying that my child is not sick. Um, I'm praying that my kid's not sick on Wednesday. Shouldn't be. But you know what? He was sick on Saturday night. Now it looks like he's going to be sick tonight. So you never know. But rain, sleep, fall, whatever, sickness, I will be here on Wednesday Please write the number down, guys. It is a 713-955-0749. I want to hear from all of you on finale night. It's a night where we open the phone lines. We let all of you call. Say what you want to say. Say what you think about the winter. Say what you think about the season. Say what you think about next thing. The other thing I want to talk about real quick before I let you guys go is America's favorite player. There's been some discrepancy in discussion, and I put a vote. I put a, I put a poll out there asking you guys uh, who you would be voting for. Um, for America's favorite player. And there was a lot of discussion between you guys before I let you get out of here. There was a lot of discussion between you guys about who should win what and why they should win it. Uh, and it was very, very interesting. Cody and, and, and Kevin, out of almost 300 votes, Cody and Kevin come in as your top two. Looks like Cody's got an edge there. There's a lot of people talking about voting for Cody and a lot of people angry 
about people voting for Cody. I'm going to just tell you my piece on this situation, and y'all take it for what you want. The best player of this game is going to be in the final two. Whether you agree with it or disagree with it, the best players will be in the final three and the final two and likely will win this game. Maybe won't, maybe will, but they'll definitely be in that final three. America's favorite player is not about, in my opinion, who played the second best game or who should have won or anything like that. It can be based on that, anything you want it to be based on. But I think primarily America's favorite player should be based on who you liked out of the house for a variety of reasons. Maybe you like their personality. A lot of people want to vote for Cody because they they consider his contributions in the military to be something that should be um, rewarded. And if there's an opportunity to give him money for that, they want to do it. Listen, people who survive to, towards jury, people who survive into that jury get their stipend and that twenty-five thousand. I can tell you this much: Donnie came out better winning that twenty-five grand and getting his stipend every week than he did winning second place in that season. I can guarantee you he did better. In this situation, whoever you vote for is going to get their stipend and the $25,000 check. If you win first, you don't get the stipend. You get the $500,000 minus taxes in California, which is steep. Second place is going to get their $50,000. They do not get their stipend, and they're going to get eaten up by taxes, so probably $25,000, $30,000. When you think about the stipend every week, that you're going to get, and the America's Favorite Player, that person actually comes out better, I believe, than the second-place winner. So vote on somebody that you feel like deserves the money. If you want to vote on somebody for being a better player than the rest, by all means, vote that way. If Alex is somebody you feel like should have won and you want to reward her, that's fine. But it's for a variety of reasons. It can be, I just like him. Donnie wasn't a great player. He just was a likable guy. People knew that he probably financially wasn't that secure. I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm saying that that was the perception of many people who watched. That maybe Donnie, you know, being a groundskeeper and whatnot, probably never had a lot of money. Maybe he did. That was the perception. And they wanted to reward him and give him something. That's okay. If you liked Kevin's personality, look, I picked Kevin to win. I, I lost. But if you want to give it to Kevin because you felt like Kevin was somebody that my, – listen, my wife wants to vote for Kevin. The main reason she wants to vote for Kevin, his age, he shouldn't have lasted as long as he did. He did something right to get as far as he did. So she wants to reward him for that. Completely fine. Some people will want to reward Jason because he's having a child, and they want to give him something because they know, you know, hey, look, you know, it's his second child. It's probably going to be an expensive venture. Here's, you know, 25000 plus your stipend. So whatever people want to vote for America's Favorite Player for, it doesn't matter. It's an America's Favorite Player because America votes in a majority that for whatever reason that this person deserves it. And a lot of people want to give it to Cody because Cody was the one player this season that they feel like tried to convince the House to flip on Paul. The problem with that is, I want to remind you, that when they had the chance to do it, he didn't do it. Okay. So let's don't oversell Cody's, you know, vision of what should have happened in this house. It's hard to sit there and roll your eyes and jury when people are telling the stories about Paul when you had an opportunity to convince Jen or uh, Jess to put him up and you didn't do it. You talked her out of it, right? So, you know, remember that when you're voting for Cody too. But it should be for whatever reason you feel like that person deserves it, vote for it, and be proud of it. 
it's a fun it's a fun award to give away to somebody. But remember, whoever gets this with their stipend is probably going to come out a lot better than second place will. So just make sure it's for the right reasons for somebody who can maybe even use it, or you just felt like they deserved to win and they didn't, or whatever. So let's not fight over America's favorite player. That's my message to you guys. It's it's not something that is, you know, relevant in any way. It's just a variety of reasons, and it's not just for who played the second-best game or who played the third-best game or who should have won this game. It can be for any reason. So let's just enjoy voting and see what happens. My guess is, is based on what I'm seeing, it is going to be Cody. And <laughs> I know that a lot of people did that to troll, quote-unquote, the rest of the house. And it would be interesting to see their faces when Cody does get that because it almost makes them feel like, you know what, America maybe didn't like us as much as we thought they did. What an interesting season, you know. I mean, like I said, we're talking about people that the most exciting part of this whole entire season was who went home, especially this last couple of weeks, seeing people blindsided that had these egos, raving, and seeing Matt go home for not doing anything but eating cereal and, you know, seeing all these people go home and then seeing them get mad about it. I think everybody who's a Big Brother fan, for the most part, enjoyed every bit of the evictions this season, which is so rare. Usually we've seen seasons where we come down to the end, and it's very boring, and it's not fun, and it's not entertaining, and, you know, we know what's going to happen, and yada, yada. But this was kind of fun in the fact that we saw people get blindsided, and it was kind of exciting the last couple of weeks in, in season's comparison. So it was a lot of fun. Sorry I couldn't get callers on tonight, guys. I Like I said, I tried to wrap it up in an hour tonight. Basically, uh, with my son being sick, I have to be available, and I'm going to actually rush in here in about five minutes and check on him and make sure uh, his fever's okay and hopefully uh, sleep through the night. Let's, let's hope. Whatever you, listen, folks, if you like me, if you don't like me, turn, turn off now. But if you like me, whatever you believe in, whatever you pray to, whatever positive thoughts, please send them towards my son tonight. I mean, send them towards the people that went through the hurricanes and all that. But if you've got a spare one that you're not using, you throw one my way because I would like to sleep tonight because I went through a week of not sleeping already. So um, I would be very much appreciated. Guys, we're coming to the end of it. The finale is coming. And it's going to be a fun one. It always is. Some of you are going to be mad. Some of you are going to be ecstatic. I want to hear from all of you. So please, 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 please keep in note that I want you to call in Wednesday night and let's talk about what you thought of the season. Guys, it's been so much fun. I have enjoyed it. I want to thank Morty's. I didn't get to give them credit because everything's flying at me with with, uh, my son being sick. I want to thank uh, Morty's for their support this season. As always, please go to their forums. Please read their um, their feeds. Please be a part of their community. I know that they want you there. They love you there. It's a great group of people. So continue to support them as they supported me, and I know it would be returned in tenfold. And uh, we will see you guys Wednesday, 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern for the finale. As always, my friends, be good to each other and enjoy your week. We're coming to the end of it, guys. It's going to be a fun show Wednesday night. Talk to you then. You're listening to the Big Brother After Show, and I'm your host, Sam. Have a great night. Flurries, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes. <laughs> Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. You rip it open, and it's just circuitry and wires. 
If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. unscrupulous and unexpected it's time for another summer of big brother Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.